on May 25, 2020, George Floyd, a 46-year-old father of two, was brutally murdered by Minneapolis police officers while in custody for allegedly passing a counterfeit $20 bill. George Floyd was just the latest death in a long line of people systematically targeted and murdered by a militarized national police force due to the color of his skin. For too long, people of color have suffered alone, their cry silenced by the media that ignores them and a political system that marginalizes them. These past few weeks, Americans have taken to the streets to protest racist police tactics, attacks, and murders. While mostly peaceful, at times the rage has boiled over. As white men, we are not in a position to place judgment or even try to understand the anguish being felt by the black community. We stand in solidarity with our brothers and sisters doing what they can to force necessary change in this country. Dating back to the Boston Tea Party, Americans have proven throughout our history that a people united in the struggle for equal rights can enact positive change. To quote Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. We will not remain silent. Please help how you can. Take to the streets. Contact your legislators and demand police accountability. Donate to the legal defense funds of protesters. Be an ally. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Yeah, it's so good. It's so bad that it's good. That is the wrong answer, actually. (laughs) It's just a wild romp. I am feeling this. Yeah, yeah, yeah! All of them! What are you talking yourself into? I'm trying to talk myself into that. This is what this podcast is for. We're also trying to talk you into it. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other, maybe even you, into liking what we like. This episode is Father John Misty. My name is Jimmy, and I went an internship trip to Las Vegas to essentially scan people's badges that walked into the booth area. (laughs) My name is Dan, and I like certain Pop-Tart flavors raw and certain Pop-Tart flavors cooked. (laughs) Yeah. My name is Jeff, and I'm not wearing any pants. (laughs) Oh, right. I knew that was going to get brought up. I was going to We we've been recording a long time today and I had some pop tarts and I almost brought up to Dan and <laughs> Jimmy how they prefer their pop tarts. Now, I want to hear oh. your, your pop tart preferences. I'm glad I saved this. OK, so for me, it it basically divides right down a line of fruit flavors versus other flavors. Right. So okay, that's fair fruit flavors i have to have heated because if not oh oh oh, this is the opposite way i thought oh see if not it just tastes like candy to me whereas when they're heated it's becomes sort of like a warm pie right whereas um like the s'mores first of all i don't really enjoy that many of the fruit flavors that's like my last choice uh s'mores and brown sugar cinnamon are like my favorite and those i don't heat i just eat straight out see of the those pack. should be heated because they're hot that's meals. what a s'more is yeah 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 i don't know i think what started it is that the s'mores one has actually a different pastry it has a graham cracker crumb pastry yep which i don't feel needs to be heated like it tastes good by mm. itself whereas some of the um regular pastry ones are a little like just crumbly cardboardy if you don't heat them 
now usually I just eat them all out of the package, right? But mm-hmm. right. if I have a preference, I rarely ever heat any of them. And sometimes I put them in the refrigerator or the freezer. Like today, I that's just had, weird. I right. just had frozen cherry pop tarts, and the cherry ones are good because they have these sprinkles, so it's like a crunchy texture. But <laughs> that's the best very flavor weird. is wild berry. I used to be a s'more boy all day long. Oh, wild berry is good. Yeah, wild berry for ever but now i do a thing i did the other day got a frozen cherry and then i toasted it a little bit so the inside was cold but the outside was warm and that it did sounds not disgusting work. it just fell apart it's so <laughs> flaky and i don't know if it's because recently uh most of the groceries people are consuming now have been produced relatively recently um because of hoarding and all of that. So there's not a lot of product that's been sitting in a warehouse for a long time. It's usually like manufactured, shipped to a middleman, shipped to a grocery, and two weeks you're eating it. Wow, you sound like, like right. a professional. It's almost like I do this for a job. So I'm yeah. thinking like, is this what fresh Pop-Tarts are? They're just like these flaky, delicious- Fresh like, baked Pop-Tarts. I've probably been eating, we've all been eating Pop-Tarts that are months old that have been like accumulated yeah. in inventory. But now Pop-Tarts ran out. They're being replenished as quickly as they can. And we're eating fresh-ass Pop-Tarts, boys. Yeah, you could practically envision Mr. John Tart, the original, the owner of Pop-Tarts. <laughs> yeah, they're named after him. Yeah, he's standing Jonathan on Tart. his factory floor with a big cigar in the corner of his mouth. He's like, come on, boys, we got to get these Pop-Tarts out to the stores as quick as possible. <laughs> yep, his son named the company yeah. Pop-Tarts. Pop-Tarts. Oh, and then True. it's just, it got shortened over time. They dropped the S. Things yeah. happen in language. Linguistics are strange. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Dan. Do we have any reviews or ratings or tweets by any chance that you'd like to talk about? Well, we have a tweet, but it was essentially made by us. Uh, <laughs> so I wanted to uh, tweet out something because I was just thinking about all the little funny things that uh, reoccurred during uh, Talk Me Into. And uh, I asked what your favorite part to Talk Me Into is. And uh, the first option is Toby crying in parentheses R.I.P. Uh, rest <laughs> in peace, Toby. Uh, Dan coughing into the mic, which he does frequently. Every episode, uh, several times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there we go. Uh, Jimmy's laugh, which has been a, a <laughs> reoccurring gag. Yep, thank you. And uh, Jeff dropping his phone. And uh, all of those all have one vote, except for Jeff dropping his phone nice. has the has all of them. Uh, all the others. So uh, Jeff dropping his phone is number one, man. So you guys, it's great. I, didn't, so, I haven't done it at all today, so four or five episodes, there's going to be no phone dropping. I'm sorry, guys. So, guys, oh, man. I have a surprise for you. Well, we talked oh, about yeah. it earlier, but I think you may have forgotten. I have recorded some more dreams. <gasps> oh, yes. Right. And I, I'm looking at what I have, and I'm pretty sure there's two that you have not heard yet. And they're both... We've, we've had three so far. Yeah. Um, they're both quick hitters, so I'm thinking of just playing both of them right now yeah, if you guys are interested. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's do this. Sure, let's double header, baby. Okay. So this first one is from Sunday, so like a week ago at 2.35 a.m. Ready? Yep. Yeah. My neighbor got hit by a car. <laughs> And her leg was broken real bad, but she was, like, refusing treatment and set the leg herself. And and I found out that it was because 
she was from the future and she was protecting <laughs> me from terminators after me and then we were like running from the flying hunter killer ones and we ended up hiding out in an old barn and then i woke up there are flying hunter terminators hunter killers oh yeah dude yep i don't remember that you ever see right. salvation or th- i think it was in three as well yeah three they show one so oh so- like the uh, drone thing yeah yeah Oh, okay. So then here's the other one. This is from Tuesday at 4.22 a.m. I called into the Howard Stern show, and we talked for like an hour about movies and TV shows. And he talked about um, replacing Sal with me. And... Told me if I had any funny ideas to share them. So then I went to New York City and I pitched an idea for a bit that got made into an SNL sketch. (laughs) Super Doctor Abortion or something about a fetus that was came to life. And could talk and help people come to terms with the fact that they needed to have abortions for medical reasons. It was really weird. It was really weird. <laughs> I can picture a little fetus like you need to abort. Oh, boy. I'm sorry that you're going through this, but you need to have an abortion. Oh, wow. Super Doctor Abortion was the name of the SNL sketch. <laughs> oh, nice. That was, that was good. These are good. Keep them yeah. coming. This is the high quality content people need. We should put it in the show notes so people just could just like tune into that <laughs> and turn off the rest of the episode. Well, it's funny that you say that because my dad was like, I'm going to start writing down the parts of the show where your dreams are so I can play them for your mother. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. All right. Funny stuff. Funny, funny times. Great. This is the part of the show where we talk ourselves into things, little things, big things, maybe nothing at all. That's how (laughs) you guys are doing it so funny. (laughs) I thought he was doing a good Jim. (laughs) Yeah, I I thought I was, too. I don't know where this attitude's coming from, Jim. Yeah, probably because you guys make fun of me every time. But, you know, (laughs) he said that's so funny, Jeff. (laughs) Good one, Dan. (laughs) What a a funny guy he is. Uh, Yeah, this is uh, things that we don't usually talk about for an entire episode like what i'm talking myself into lately we're not going to have a whole episode on broiling oh boy (laughs) stepping your broil game up are you jeff (laughs) yeah i've never done it before like i don't know why because it's just such a common thing but i didn't really know how to do it i didn't realize it was like ridiculously easy to just broil stuff so um i i got the idea because uh I fuck with chicken tikka masala all the time. Sorry, Jim. But it's like one of my favorite things to make. And, you know, it right. comes out good in the pan. It's pan fried. It's good. Tastes great. But you're still missing that little char, little char the little the little oh, bite, yeah. sting yeah. that comes through. So I was like, well, I got these, you know, I got some thighs, but I also had some chicken legs. And I was like, I don't want to pan fry chicken legs. I was like, I'm going to broil these motherfuckers. Sorry, Jim. So, um... <laughs> So I did, and, like, it came out really good. It was, like, a very 
very good replacement for um for grilling yeah and it's super easy i have a gas stove so it like it's super quick too um one of the legs i burned because i uh, i left it in too long i forgot it was there um but it was still good <laughs> Just, i have a question for you yeah uh do you have a broiler tray or a broiler setting for your main oven broiler setting for my main oven oh see i have a broiler tray and i like forget about it number one and number two it's so narrow that if i put anything in there with any height to it all it just burns like a crisp oh yeah Yeah. so i just i put the the tray on like the second lowest the uh, setting you mean setting yeah the yeah and um you just put it in there and uh i put it on a like a drip tray thing, like a metal thing. Yeah, and, broiler yeah, pan, so, they're called. Yeah, yeah. So so I did that, and um, then you just save the juices for later, mix it in with the sauce, too, and it's, it's just great. It came out came out really good. And then, like, the, the finished legs with, with the sauce was awesome. It was really good. I and, like um, it. I, can't, I came up with another recipe. I tried on some thinly cut uh, turkey breast fillets and broiled it came out great i just my recipe sucked so it wasn't that good but yeah mm. broiling baby easy to do at home let's do it you're a broiler boy yeah, it sounds good i'm a broy what up broys uh jimmy have <laughs> you been talking to yourself oh. into so this week i have been trying to talk myself into well like i said before it kind of forced into um realizing my own extinction and looking at my white hairs and plucking them out uh <laughs> because I because obviously all of us can't go into barbershops nowadays, so I've just been like looking at my hair more often than not. So uh, I've been noticing quite a few white hairs on my head, and I was like, "Well, I better get these bad boys out." So I've been uh, finding them, and more and more I find more and more, and then uh, I face my own uh, demise at some point. Mm. Yeah. So uh, just embrace sort of it, going Jim. through that. Yeah. I, I, I'm fine with it, but they were just kind of like out of place. Like once like the whole side of my hair is like that, like I'm either going to embrace it or dye my hair. Hey, Jim, but, uh, don't yes. dye your hair. Don't Jim, be a woman. Jimmy, Jimmy. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're a single boy, right? Yes. Here's my advice to you, right? Women love distinction and great That's hair true. is distinct to you right. from young available men. And they're like, oh. oh, you're a daddy. You must be rich. Let me be your girlfriend. <laughs> and then you're right. Then you get, you're right. And then and then you marry her. I have That's to say how it works. That's how relationship happens. I don't it's have true. a lot of experience and I am newly single, but my ex did enjoy my few smatterings of white hair. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I was mostly shiny? surprised. She likes yeah. it. Yeah. I was mostly surprised at the amount of white hairs that I had because I knew I had a few because like my ex used to find them and pluck them out. But like there were like I counted probably around like 30 hairs and uh, just it's going to be more and more boys. Yeah. Don't pluck them and don't dye them. Just embrace them. All right. Uh, Okay. All right, Dan, what are you talking yourself into? I've been talking myself into a very enjoyable podcast that I just recently discovered. Um I think I mentioned recently on this podcast, and and you guys know personally that uh, I've been getting myself through this tough time of a breakup and quarantine by list by uh, rewatching The Office. Yeah. Right. So coincidentally, I wasn't searching for an Office podcast or anything, but I somehow stumbled upon through a, I think a recommendation from Apple Podcasts based on 
what I've been yeah, listening to. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about, and it's been pretty pushed heavily from Apple Podcasts. Yeah, it's, a lot of people are listening to it's it. It's Office Ladies. Right. Yeah, that's uh, I've heard about that for a few years now. It hasn't been on I for never a few listened years. To it. Yeah, it's brand new, Jeff. It started uh, November 2019. Is this with Pam and Angela? Yes. Yes. It's Jenna uh, Fisher and sure, Angela maybe. Kinsey. I don't know. Weeks feel like years lately. Who knows? <laughs> that is true. <laughs> it's really good. You guys aren't listening to it yet? Nope. No. It's it's fun. They're, you could tell that they're actually friends in real life. They have really good banter. And uh, they're getting really in-depth. They're going episode by episode, talking a lot about behind-the-scenes stuff. They're having a lot of like cast and crew, a, a lot more like crew members than I initially anticipated as guests. Mm-hmm. So like... Um, Let's see who they've had Larry Wilmore. They've had um, Greg Daniels, like a lot of the writing staff. Um, and then Creed was on, which was really enjoyable. Uh, Rain Wilson was on, which was fun. It, it's been really good. I have to admit it's a little corny. You could tell that they're like, um, I don't know. They just seem like moms, I guess, because they are moms. <laughs> but uh, it's it's fun. And I have to admit, like, as far as like podcasts hosted by celebrities they don't sound like pretentious at all they just seem like regular people who like really just like stumbled into being on a really big popular tv show right it's good you should check it out office ladies yeah i might check out the first episode um i've been sort of like hesitant about it because uh, obviously the office is gaining popularity again it's it's kind of like on the second wave which is weird and, uh, well because, it's like the third yeah, wave well yeah that's true but uh it just like a lot of those actors and stuff are kind of cashing in on the office like a lot of them are on cameo now oh really and uh yeah it just kind of feels a little gross to me but um i don't know maybe i'll check it this feels out. gross to me when like actors who are still successful are on cameo yeah but, like, right yeah. <laughs> none of these people just, like, besides like john krasinski are doing anything and right, Steve like Carell. if Creed is on cameo, I'd be like, I understand that. Yeah, yeah I get it. Also, but like, I, don't know. I wouldn't probably listen to this about other shows that I like as much, but something about the fact that like pretty much this entire cast was not famous when they started this show right. is sort of yeah. appealing because like there are cool stories about how like I didn't even realize this, but Phyllis was um, a script supervisor when they were like getting ready to make the show and then they were just I've like heard that yeah they were just like oh do you want to be a background actor and then they just started giving her lines and that's sort of what happened with right. creed a lot of them were that way so uh yeah that's yeah, pretty cool it's fun the end. okay okay <laughs> it's over Okay, fellas, this week, Jimmy and I are talking Jeff into a musician who we enjoy, colloquially known as Father John Misty. Is that his Uh, birth name? His birth name? No. His birth name is Josh Tillman. That's a fine name. That's a strong name. Joshua (laughs) Tillman. Joshua means God's love. (laughs) Yeah. Until um, man means sure. until I see you later, man. Hey, God's think, love. I'll be I, back. Okay. Are you, you done later, with man. all this? Yeah. It's a strong name. Strong name. Would have kept it. Would have kept it. I Josh think Tillman. he chose it for a reason because he was trying to put behind his past, which he had done some previous solo work. Um, 
under the name Jay Tillman or Josh Tillman. And then he became the drummer and vocalist, not lead vocalist, but one of the vocalists for Fleet Foxes under the name Josh Tillman. Fleet Foxes. Okay, so he was like, my solo stuff originally sucked, but now I'm better. So now I'm Father John Misty. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. I wonder, where did he get the name from? Or was it like, did he pick it out of a hat? Like, I wasn't don't it know. Dan, three hats. Uh, I could have sworn, Dan, that you told me that he the name came to him in like an acid trip or something that's, that's cool. possible because i know he's a big advocate of uh drug use to spur creativity yeah uh, that you might have told me that so uh, obviously you don't remember that because you have a fish memory but uh fish i'm pretty memory. sure you told me that yeah <laughs> i'm looking actually, it up goldfish right for their lifespans actually have pretty good memories yeah really is that true i, I just made that shit up right now <laughs> right now i made that up with my brain um so go ahead jim okay uh so uh i enjoy father john misty's music because um like uh dan said in the last episode that we recorded with our buddy ian uh he his music is kind of in the same vein as fleet foxes but he sort of went into a different direction with it where it's a little bit more rock poppy and um i also like his music a lot too because uh, i know it, it it could sh- sh- come off a little pretentious, but uh, he does kind of like have sort of this fuck you energy to him. Sorry, Jim. Yeah, I like um, that. That's but, like uh, outlaw punk rock attitude. Right. That's fine. Yeah. Um, he-, he says a lot of shit that could get him into trouble. Like uh, one of his newest uh, songs was uh, uh, having sex with Taylor Swift in the Oculus Rift or whatever. Oh, and stuff like man. That. My wife's going to love that song. <laughs> right. Um, he, he just kind of says these things where like he knows that are going to get him into trouble. Like he, I think he did that on SNL and that was kind of a big deal. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, so he's a pretty good musician. I think his voice is pretty good. I think you might like it, Jeff. And uh, his, mu- his music his is mucus. pretty catchy. Tell me more his about mucus. his mucus. It's a little phlegmy. Uh, it's a little green. Uh, a couple of specks of red in there. It's but, viscous. Um, yeah. Um, I think you'll like his music, Jeff, because it, it, it could go from poppy to rock and like a little bit like it, some of it you could probably categorize as sleepy time music. Uh, a lot of what? that does come out from to me. To me, it's but. more like singer songwriter What right, other yeah. band or artist that I would know would you compare him to? He's kind of similar to uh, City in Color, which I know that you're a fan of. Oh, I F with him hard. I, yeah, I'm going to throw out one them. that could be a little controversial. Um, I hear a little bit of Billy Joel, uh, okay. especially see that. on his pure comedy album. It's uh, right, yep. more piano driven. Um, yep. The other one that I think of a lot that I, it might not be a great um, touch point for Jeff because I don't know if he's a big fan of him or like has been really exposed to him, but um See, now I forgot his name. This is great. I do this all the time. It's so good. <laughs> um, I love how you come prepared. What is the name of the guy? Oh, here it is. Randy Newman. So okay. Toy Story guy. Well, I, that's where I knew you were going to go. But if you ever listen to Randy Newman's music from the 70s, like I Love L.A., stuff like that, where he was sort of like a piano rock singer songwriter type with a full band, it kind of has that vibe. Um, but he's... As Jimmy pointed out earlier, lyrically, he's a lot more sarcastic and um, sort of 
pessimistic about the world. Like he comments a lot about how we're all screwed and mankind is destined to destroy itself and stuff like that. It's really fun. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just joyous romp. But uh, <laughs> he's got... He's got a few albums under the name Father John Missy. He's got Fear Fun, I Love You Honey Bear, Pure Comedy, God's Favorite Customer, and then he's got a live album off key in Hamburg. I think that's a live album. Uh, actually, I that love might the not name God's Favorite Customer. It's so good. Yeah. So we're going to put together a playlist of songs throughout his career, a retrospect. And I think I might actually throw in a couple of videos too, like some music videos and some live stuff. I know one of his first um, singles had Aubrey Plaza in the music video. That was very enjoyable. And then he also had another one with Macaulay Culkin. That was pretty fun. Ooh. So, uh, Jeff. Yeah. I, th- I think that you're going to like this. I, I think he's going to take some of the things that you enjoyed from Fleet Foxes, but package them in something that's closer to what you already like stylistically. Okay. Because I was talking to Fleet Foxes, although not like super hard yeah um i enjoy them for what they were if you you should go listen to the fleet foxes episode maybe uh if yeah you, it's a great episode yeah it was it was a good one it was fun it was interesting uh yeah um so, as far as as far as my exposure i saw yeah. him on snl a couple of years ago don't remember anything and like that's the only time i've ever seen his name anywhere I might actually so, uh, add that to the video playlist if it's available easily on YouTube. Uh, it, it should be either on YouTube or Hulu on SNL's um, whatever. You know, you know the words I'm trying to speak. Yeah. Show page. But yeah. I also encourage you when you listen to the songs to read the lyrics because certain songs really like okay. the lyrics blow you away. They might make you depressed, but they're right. they're so poetic. And, and he's like really like spinning riddles at points. Like the title track of Pure Comedy is so well written. Um, and in, uh, yeah, he's just gonna like open your eyes to things that you never thought about, Great. because well, you've never this. done acid and crawled up into a tree. Yet, maybe I will <laughs> now. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy. Yeah. You ready to talk Jeff into Father John Misty? Yeah, I'm excited for it. I was listening to um, I Love You, Honey Bear, last night when I was driving home from work, and I was like getting into it. I've actually never heard that album before, so I was I was enjoying it a lot. So oh, it's fun. Yeah, I think Jeff will like it. All right, when we come back, we're talking about Father John Misty. Welcome back to the show, everybody. This is Jeff, the one that you heard before with the other guys that you also heard before. And we're going to talk about songs that we listened to and videos that we watched, which also had songs in them by a gentleman who goes by the name of Father John Misty. The comedy of man starts like this. Already singing. Yeah, Our brains are much too big for Mm. our mother's hips. Not even a minute in, already singing. I like it, keep going. It's it's so good. So should we get right into it, boys? Let's do it. Fun times in Babylon. This is on the playlist called Talk Me Into Father John Misty, which is in the show notes, is how you can listen to it as well. However you would feel. If you want to listen to the song, pause this podcast and come back and go back and forth like some kind of psychopath. Uh, yeah, do that. I know some people do it. Uh, if you know the song's great, if you don't and you just want to skip to the last five minutes and hear funny stuff, do that too. I don't care. Just live your life. <laughs> We're here to make you happy, guys. Uh, fun times so in Babylon. Jeff. Yeah. Fun Times in Babylon is from Father John Misty's first album, Fear Fun. 
What'd you think okay. of this song? Uh, first impressions. Uh-oh. Uh, I, I, was, <laughs> um, I wasn't really digging it. Um, I do like the mandolin. Type. It's not a mandolin, but he's kind of like strumming it like a mandolin. Uh, it is a mandolin. Oh, it was. It sounded a little yeah. like deeper. Um, yeah, no, I, I dig that. I, I like the instrumentation so far. Um, as far as like the vibe of the song, I was like, oh, this is kind of like Beatles-y, Fleet Foxes-y, which I'm not like, eh, not too yeah. big on. Yeah, this um, song feels like a sequel to Fleet Foxes to me. It's like Fleet Foxes pushed a little bit more towards like 60s right. uh, psychedelic stuff, but still pretty acoustic folky. Yeah, and if you want to listen to our Fleet Foxes episode, go do so. Um Spoiler alert, I was talked into them, but barely like I appreciate them, but I haven't listened to them since we recorded. But like I didn't hate them. So it got a yes for me, but I still wasn't like really digging the vibe. And this is kind of like the same. This feels like a, a progression from so far. Fleet Foxes to something that I would yeah. like so far. Uh, I, we'll, I we'll think see. it's a it's a good transition between the two. But I will agree with you. This is probably the weakest song for me in this playlist. OK. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it definitely progresses in my opinion. Yeah, and it, uh, lyrically, it's it's kind of just about like not having regrets before you die. Um, I don't have too much to say about it, but you know, I think it has a good hook though. That look out, Hollywood, here I come. No, That's like fun. He, yeah, he is folky. The, the songs are super catchy. Like I will say that straight up. A lot of these have a lot of really good hooks. Um, so the next song, Nancy yeah. from No On. Uh, also from Fear Fun, Jeff. I specifically picked picked this song for you. Specifically for me? Did you yes. say Nawan? I thought it was Na- Nawan. Yeah, I Nawan. probably just said it where. <laughs> I was like, is Nawan a place in like uh, Bangkok or Thailand? I'm Nancy I being... from now on. All right, from I now said on. It wrong. Yeah, no, it's a. This is like a really good soundtrack tune, right? Like if you're watching a movie. Does, I don't even care about the genre. If you're just watching a movie, I could picture this like being in the background. Like, all right, yeah, yeah like this is setting a mood. I, I, you know, I, I dig it. I could picture like driving in the twilight hours of the day with this on, just like mind clear, cool breeze blowing on your face, sun's going down. Like it's still bright enough to see, but not bright enough to need sunglasses. Like that kind of vibe, you know. <laughs> So, so I picked this for you because musically it reminds me a lot of early Roy Orbison stuff. I don't know if you got that vibe. Ah, oh, I didn't pick up on. That. I'm gonna have to listen to it. It's got sort of like a dreamy, like early '60s nightclub vibe. It's got these like big roaring pianos, falsetto yeah, yeah. vocals, and even like some congas. Like it reminds me of like that early like big band era stuff that he would mess around with maybe yeah, not as guitar driven but i can't i i'm still trying to picture i'm having a little trouble picturing some of these songs in my head right now because yeah. um we listened to this a while ago um but <clears throat> yeah like the next song especially chateau lobby number four in well, C for two versions um, hold on one second okay because first of all that is like three songs away did uh, i do this in the wrong order i don't know but uh lyrically it's also interesting because it's sort of a juxtaposition between well it's a metaphor he's using uh sub and dom relationships uh as a metaphor uh for the excitement and and scariness of like making a big transition in your life so i i think based on what i know about him and this era and his career that this song is is referencing 
deciding to quit a very popular, well-regarded, successful band in Fleet Foxes to jumpstart this um, solo career. So I I think that's sort of an interesting thing. But he's using uh, like pour me a drink and punch me in the face. You can call me Nancy. Uh, It's this sort of like, uh, yeah, like sub and dom type thing. Ah, he's a he's a musical switch. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> so what's what's the next song? Because I have Chateau Lobby as number three. Uh, Hollywood Forever Cemetery, right, Jim? Yes, that's right. Oh, okay. So whatever, I'll just do that one. Next. This one, I I also want to you know th- we can sort of jump back and forth, but I also gave you the music video for this song, so you can include that when you talk about it. Uh, we'll talk about the music videos later. Oh, okay. Uh, well, no, I just want to focus on the music right now. No, this is really catchy. And it's um, it's really reverby like, yep. vo- vocally, which I which I dig. Yeah. I like that. It's a little different than the couple songs that we've heard so far. In the reverbs and the percussion, it's very. It's got a really yeah, like, wet sound. In in the the guitar distortion is like it's like, I I don't want to just say rock and roll, but like it's rock and roll. It's like it, it's early rock. rock and roll. Yeah, it's totally yeah. rock and roll, and um. I didn't look into song meanings, so I'm just going to assume what uh, he's trying to say. Like, he says, let the dead sleep. So Hollywood Forever Cemetery, what I do know is that it is a cemetery in Hollywood where, you know, a lot of famous people are. But they also, like, host concerts, movies. It's like it's like a venue. And they actually have tours through there that you could pay. Right, right. So I think it's probably just a critique on, like, I don't know. Yeah, you're you're right on there. It's, it's I can't uh, quite place it, but like <clears throat> it's something seems off about that. He's critiquing the perversion of uh, yes the dead basically celebrity the, yeah the dead. and how celebrity culture has been uh, commoditized and sold off to the masses. Right. Uh, what was the next? I think the first five got jumbled up. Is this Chateau Lobby? Nope. So no, the next uh, one next is. Go ahead, Jim. Next is uh, I'm writing a novel. Where the hell uh, is Chateau Lobby? It's next after this. <laughs> it's next after that. Well, why'd but, you put uh, it in that order? Because I'm writing a novel from the Spotify sessions. It's not from. Right. But the song the was album. written and appears on Fear Fun. Oh, OK. So I so, chose an alternate cut, but it's from this era. All right. So this was the fifth song I listened to. So up until this point, I was like, all right, I'm getting this like. I get it. You know, I wasn't like super vibing on it. I'm like, all right, this is, I know why they like it. I can hear why they like it. I know what bands they do like, which is why they like this. And then we get to, I'm writing a novel and it's a Spotify sessions. And uh, I was like, I I literally wrote down, heck yes. Uh, It's bluesy and rocking AF. It's so different than the first, at this point, three songs that I listened to. Um, I don't know. I just, I really like the vibe a lot more than the other ones. Maybe I, I like this style of music better than the yeah. early seventies kind of transitional hippie into rock and roll uh, Woodstock vibe. But yeah, at this song I was like, Oh, thank God there's a chance that I'm going to be a yes on this. <laughs> Cause at first I was like, ah, this is going to be an uphill battle. I'm trying, but like, I so just Jim, don't know. Jimmy, I have a lot to say about this song. So you sounded like you were going to say something. Yeah, so this is the first song where I was like, especially after this song, because I was like, oh, this is like a sequel to Paperback Writer. And then um, this is also the first song where I was like, 
uh, I, I was sort of like reading upon Father John Misty as I was uh, I was reading the lyrics and stuff, and I was and they were mentioning um, he has a really big Beatles influence, and I was like, really does he? I and, had it uh, noticed. For some reason, I don't know why we didn't just we because we were like describing who we thought of them, but like this song to me definitely obviously it sounds sort of like a Beatles song, but like as we're going along, like if you took like some of the songs that Father John Misty writes and have Sean Lennon write it or sing it for him, you'd be like, oh, this is John Lennon. Like, yeah, there's like a really really distinct like John Lennon influence in here, and like some of the the Beatles like sort of like uh like uh like softer songs i guess would kind of describe them as yeah. but uh it, it definitely feels like uh he's a really big beatles fan and i was like so, oh this is that that's probably why i like this so jimmy i know you're not or you haven't been prior to this episode a huge like fan of his earlier stuff you weren't that exposed to it you know mostly the later stuff um, right. So I would recommend if you listen to the album cut of this song, it even sounds more like Rubber Soul era Beatles. It's a little yeah. bit more acoustic, but it still has that sort of driving rhythm. This yeah. cut really reminds me of, like Jeff said, like Chicago Electric Blues. Yes. Um, right. If you listen like to Night Dylan's early dirty. electric stuff. Yeah. Do you remember, Jeff, when we did the Bob Dylan playlist, the stuff that I was on Blonde on Blonde that I had you listen yes. to? Yep. So Mike Bloomfield is a really famous Chicago blues guitarist who contributed a lot to that early uh, Bob Dylan sound. And, and I get a lot of that from especially this cut of this right. song. So um, how different was really, the song on the album? Uh, Tempo-wise, it's pretty sa- pretty similar and it feels the same. The instrumentation is uh, more acoustic. You get a little bit more of like a... Um, um, like a honky tonk piano vibe and more acoustic guitar. Whereas this, oh, you I get like more. Honky-tonk. I'm gonna have to listen to that. Yeah, and this one you get a little bit more like dirty guitar and organ. Um, well, I'm glad you put this cut, but now I'm interested in listening to the other one too. Yeah, so lyrically, it's actually really interesting. Um, this sort of tells the story of why he is Father John Misty because all that stuff about running down the road naked with his pants down around his knees from taking too much ayahuasca. That's all (laughs) true. That really happened to him. That's Canadian shaman gave him ayahuasca and he had a vision of himself. And in the vision, he was called father John Misty. Oh, so that's that's what it was. Yeah. And in the vision, this was when he was still in fleet foxes in the vision. He had left fleet foxes and recorded more upbeat, less folky music um as father john misty so uh Mm, that's actually really cool i didn't know yeah so that's how he launched his career and uh to speak to what jimmy was saying i think besides musically we start to see an emergence of this huge lyrical influence that he shares with john lewis uh, john lennon yeah john lewis you know him uh (laughs) which is that he's uh very sarcastic and cynical so y- y- you get lines like I'm writing a novel because it's never been done before. Like, that's funny. It's, yeah. Uh, like that was the first lyric listening to these songs where I was like, oh, OK, I, I think I understand what he's going to be about. Yeah. It's also self-deprecating because he's taking a jab at these like new young writers who think they really have something original to say. But he's also literally writing songs because he has something interesting to say. And at this time, he was writing a novel, which I don't think was ever released. But 
so yeah the song is like i just think it's really funny it's dark uh it talks about a black dog following him and a monkey on his back a lot of people think these are his struggles with addiction and depression but it was just literally he thought that was happening to him what because of the trip or it was a metaphor no i don't think at this point in the song i think he's out of the trip i think that's only really the first verse oh okay okay but uh Guess what, oh, Jeff? Can we talk about Chateau Lobby? Is yes, that next? Chateau Lobby? <laughs> wow, I'm so excited to talk about a song that I was mediocre on. Um, no, I, I like that uh, it was very or- orchestral and it had um, some pretty cool horns. I like how they integrated that into this. But I mean, the song is uh, it's about falling in love. It's about intimacy. We all like intimacy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's I chose this as the first song off his second album, I Love You, Honey Bear, because this album is Thank sort you. of a concept album. It's about love and falling in love with his wife, Emma. It's like a wedding. It's like the wedding album. Yeah. Oh, even the next song's about her, too? The Night Josh Tillman Came to Our Apartment? Because that would be... Uh, yes. Wow. Yeah, it is. He does not have but nice yeah. things before to say we move about on, his wife. Before we move on, I want to touch upon something else that becomes sort of a, a continuing, continuing lyrical theme which is uh, he gets a little bit more into some uh, role switching conversation, some sub and dom talk. Like, yeah, uh, it's an interesting yeah, play on a common trope of like going to bed with a virgin. In this case, uh, they're doing something that he's never done before. And he's saying, baby, just go gentle. <laughs> I think that's kind of oh, cool. See, I... He's he's playing off typical rock star, you know, like super male centric ego stuff. Well, I, the name of it, I just assumed that they were both virgins and they were losing it together. But I, I could don't be think wrong. that's the case. He's also, well, by I'll the way, their first date. More. Yeah, their first day with, date was at the Chateau Mormont. So there you go, Jeff. Oh, wow. Look at that. Uh, the night Josh Tillman came to our apartment, like literally, um, <laughs> this is he has a very verbose lexicon in this song. And yeah, there's very condescending yet very hilarious lyrics. Um, yep. It's basically a hate list about a girl who I just found mm-hmm. out is now his wife. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that lyrically it's very funny and very biting about like. About yeah, but person. they're also not the problems that he has with her are pretty superficial. They're yeah, about, yeah, like, yeah. It's like totally. They're more like a list of like cute annoyances, maybe a little um, deeper than that. But what I like I about it is that at the end, did you catch the last couple lines, which is basically that he's able to put up with them because during sex, he she likes rough stuff and he does that and he's able to put some of that annoyance into it. I do remember that. I did not write it down, but yeah, it's, <laughs> he's he's hate effing her. Yeah. Um, musically super groovy baseline you know i'm a sucker right. for that uh it's symphonic uh, i was digging it um i was rocking out to that song musically yeah. um and lyrically i thought it was i thought it was pretty funny i like smart lyrics because i'm not good at wording uh <laughs> but like bad religion i just i love their lyrics because they're just like so smart and i learn i learn a lot of words like i'm not smart and good with words but i like like uh linguistic podcasts and stuff i find that stuff super interesting jimmy as someone else who's not good with words what did you think of the song 
<laughs> Yo, he just called you dumb, bro. Wow. Fight, fight, fight. No, he he says things funny all the time. Listen yeah, to him try to describe and talk yeah, ourselves into Called you stupid. Called you stupid. Yeah. No, I thought it was a really good. Uh, I think it's. I don't think that it just comes off like uh, viciously. I always I thought this was kind of like, like cute in a way. Where yeah. it was just sort of like, uh, I'm just making this song and you're going to hate it. And she's like, nah, I'm not going to. <laughs> and then she listened to it and was like, oh, f*** you, dude. <laughs> sorry, uh, Jim. Sorry, Jim. Um, but uh, no, I thought it was it was pretty funny. Um, what, what's the word uh, that he says? Uh, malaprobe? Literally? Something like that? Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, about the yeah, malaprobe. Sections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the whole literally thing was funny, and she, he was like, "I don't, I doubt that she even knows what that means and stuff like that." I thought that was pretty funny. Holy um, shit! The next yeah. song on this list, uh, this one I really liked lyrically. It's pretty much just about the shitty things that people call holy, like wars that are fought because of religion and uh, superior genetics. Like people think that that's some people think that that's a thing that also causes wars, and that's pretty shitty. And like how stupid gender roles are in society. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on and on, but I thought it was a really good uh, social commentary, which is the first time on this list that I, not that maybe not the first time I noticed it, but it's the first time when I was like, Oh, this is like, this dude's a punk. Like he's, he's got a really like down to earth F people who are stupid ethos. And I dig that. And like, in in future songs like it really uh really comes out and and musically it was it was good um it wasn't like a bop or anything it was like really low-key piano and acoustic guitar and vocally like he's got a real nice voice um yeah. it doesn't yeah. in this song it didn't really do anything for me this song it's kind of like going back to bob dylan like dan said um i think it was a bad episode for us because um we were just starting out but um Bob Dylan to me is like two different things, right? There's two different moods. Like I could either listen to him and rock out or like get really into the music, or I just want to like listen to him and think. And that's one of these songs, right? So I'm not saying like it's bad, but like when you listen to this song, he really makes you think. And and it sucks because it's kind of like preaching to the choir because I agree to this and people do tend to gravitate towards things that they agree with. It just, you know, confirms yeah. that their beliefs are right somehow, um, which is a human thing, which we all do. But yeah, that's the, I like that. I like this song um, lyrically a lot more than I do musically. I think you're missing a little bit of what this song is about, which I think I can sort of flesh out a little bit might open your eyes to liking this song even more, which is that um, each verse is a list of all the terrible things in the world and how the world can basically come to an end. Right. And then the verse ends with um, what's it all matter to you and me, basically. So he's saying like, there's all this horrible stuff in the world, but um, none of it really matters if we're together. And it's sort of like an us against the world vibe. This song was actually written literally, literally on the day of his wedding as he like, I heard that. Yeah. Waited in the changing room. He's jotted this down and it was, it was basically a therapeutic exercise to write out all the terrible fears and things that he could imagine going wrong in the future and then let it go. So that's like sort of what each verse is about. On my wedding day, I just made sure that I didn't pass out. Like, I wasn't creative at all. I was just like, oh, God. 
Yeah, so I think that's kind of like an, um, you know, he's sort of a nihilistic guy, as we'll see in later songs. But he's sort of saying like, hey, if I can be with you, I can deal with all this terrible shit in the world. Hmm. Okay. Also, maybe I'll listen to it again. Maybe. Uh, Real love, baby. Is this the same album? Mm-mm. Uh, this is a single. Oh. This was okay. released yeah. between "I Love You, Honey Bear" and "Pure Comedy." Yeah. So this yeah. is this is a straight up love song. Um, reverb laden vocals, which I think played really well uh, to this song. And I, I like the line where he says, "I'm the flower, you're the bee." It's so cute. It's such a cute little thing to say. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I, I liked it. It was it was a good song. It's a bop. Yeah, it is. It music. It's a proper it, it bop. It is. It do be bopping though. Um, I don't have much to say about it. It was a, it was a good song. There's a um on the other side of it too. There's there's another song. It's, it's called like generic pop song or something that's really good. But for some reason it's not on Spotify. I don't know why. Yeah, I noticed that as well. Yeah, sometimes bands don't put their B sides up, and I get sad. Jim, you yeah. have the 45 of this, right? Because it came with pure yeah. comedy. Pure comedy. Okay. Yep. That was a cool thing, Jeff, just to let you know. So Sub Pop puts out his albums, I believe. Okay. Am I correct in yep. that, Jim? And yep. yeah, because they do really nice packaging. Like the yeah, pure comedy is a tri gatefold and they give you the 45 of, of this song. Oh, yeah. Bands have done it. Like Google Bordello's done that a couple times. I know Rancid did it. Yeah. Once. I like when that that's cool. I'll pay a little so extra for a 45. This this 45, um, the whole idea of it is his version of a summer, like a song of the summer. You know how people talk about yeah. that? Yeah. So both the songs are supposed to be like a very real summer vibe. They're supposed to sound like um, like a hit pop song. Um, they, they give me a lot of Beach Boys vibes. I just think it's cool. It's not it's not deep. It's just fun. It's got a good groove. Yeah, no, totally. That's why I don't have much to say about it. But like, yeah, this is a song. good driving around with the windows down song. Oh, yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, then we get to pure comedy, which I think you put four songs from that album. Yeah, this was my first album of his that I got really into, and it's it's a big, big album for me. I love this album. Yeah, this is the recurring theme about his disdain for humanity, civilization, <laughs> uh, yeah, and yeah. just like sad sadness at humanity. Um, and musically, it's very Queen esque. It's got it starts out like with a uh, piano and like very subtle set like electronic sound effects in the background which isn't really folky at all um and then yeah, i noticed that too while listening with headphones i've never noticed it before. yeah yeah I, 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 these I, little sounds that that pop up and reminds me of like the weird sounds from uh uh come sail away or whatever right like, just like little things and i listen to this on headphones too so maybe i wouldn't have if it was in my car or something um but right. then you know the instruments build up as a song goes on it's a pretty long song too i think it's like six minutes if i'm not mistaken and yeah, the vocals become more layered and uh i can't read my writing but <laughs> uh, well the whole song builds to a crescendo of a saxophone solo which i thought was cool. yeah yeah that was dope that, and, it was uh, a it was a good song it was like it was an opus so i like that it crescendos to this sax solo which is um it, it comes off the line it's like something only a madman would conceive which is like um, to me, this whole song is a pretty succinct and well-argued attack on like all human culture and civilization, which is. Yes, he hates <laughs> politics. He hates religion. He hates. Yeah. <laughs> so it's many a scathing people. rebuttal of all Judeo-Christian mythology. 
And which is interesting because if you know anything about him, he was raised in a strict Pentecostal church and he didn't even listen to secular music until he was a teenager. Oh, he's letting it all out. Yeah, there's just so many cool things in here that you never even not only do you not hear them in like popular music songs, but you don't even like think about like he totally dismantles gender inequalities and gender roles by discussing like our origins as hunter gatherers and how the women had to stay home and provide for the children because they were producing milk. So the men had to go out and get meat because the women were uh, anemic. And it's just like it's very interesting. Jim, did you have thoughts on this song? Uh n- pretty much everything that you just said i mean this definitely feels like nihilism the song which i don't think is a bad thing (laughs) um i think it's a really good song and i mean it's not like catchy or anything i don't know any of the lyrics like i'm not going to be singing along to this but it's one it's a thinker it's it's one of the songs that you you put on and when you want to feel a certain type of feel and uh you'll take a listen to it and it's definitely a lot of social commentary and um so it's definitely something good to have in these days i'm gonna blow your guys minds with something blow me I, baby blow me <laughs> something i just discovered on my last re-listen to this song and i double checked it and it is correct <laughs> this entire okay. song is written in the third person referring to all humans as they like what did they do it's like something they did until the very last line where he says i hate to say it but each other's all we've got so no that's pretty well done to me he's actually putting a very like very light positive spin on it which is that yeah everything is terrible we have a terrible history we're probably only going to get worse and kill ourselves but we do have each other and maybe we could do something yeah maybe i'm reading too much into that but i think he very intentionally changed to first person there i think on a small scale uh humans are nice but <laughs> when you get on a bigger <laughs> scale there's there's no empathy towards other people. well even if we're not as, nice as we're and even it. if even if we can't change it, and even if we are destined to destroy ourselves, at least we have each other to comfort each other. Right. And Which right. is sort of a theme that, he, that he's gotten into, like, with holy shit. is like, yeah, everything is terrible, but I have someone to make me feel better. Total entertainment forever. You're betting yeah, Taylor this- Swift in the Oculus <laughs> Rift. Yeah. Um, and this, this is my favorite song of his. This song is like entertainment is all consuming uh which yeah. talk me into is guilty of that's our entire conceit we just <laughs> we just try to get lost in fiction um mm-hmm. I, that's what the song's about i mean there's not much more to say about it. addiction to your social media or phones or yeah entertainment um, well it's not just addiction it's also knowing that you're addicted and giving up and just giving in to your vices and your opulence and excesses right. yes yeah, so pretty straightforward. Uh, it's got a sexy little horn section. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was it's my like favorite, that. Jim. Uh, why? What makes this your favorite? FJ, uh, I like song? it. <laughs> I like it because obviously it's something that I deal with on a day to day basis. Um, I think one of my future talking myself into is going to be uh, touching upon this, but um, it, it's one of those things where like I like the social commentary, and I think the song is a freaking bop. Uh, it, it's one of the most catchy. I think one of the most catchy songs on here. Um, yeah, it rips. Yeah, I, I just, I just really like it. I also think it has one of the uh, most like vivid and gruesome 
images in his songs, which is the uh, section where he talks about how people in the future will find us in our homes, plugged into our hubs, smile on every yeah. face. So it's like we've literally like killed ourselves by failing to nourish ourselves. We're wasting away, but we're dying with a yeah. smile on our face because we're just like given into this mind numbing content. Yeah. I mean, every time I think about Father John Misty, I think of this song. Yeah. So uh, I, I think that's part of it. <laughs> Uh, next song after Dan's little peepee break is things that would have been nice to know before the revolution or some long nope. name that things that would have been helpful to know before the revolution. Great. Great. Okay. Whatever the song title is getting mad Elton John vibes from this jam. Uh, that's mm. not a bad thing. Elton John's got some songs that I quite enjoy. Um, and so, I can't. Read. So to me, Oh I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I'm getting, uh, Penny Lane or Eleanor Rigby era Beatles like McCartney, Dark Pianos, French Horns. That's fair. I think that yeah. both of ours can apply to the same thing. Um, no, only mine yeah, is right. This is, this is some pretty dark humor about preferring convenience over like, I don't know, having a good life or making society better. Because hmm. like, that's totally me. Like, even if you just think about it small scale, right? Like, humans invented like let's say the ability to make a skyscraper right <laughs> and then like when i come home i sit in a chair <laughs> like that's what i do it's yeah, just convenient yeah. and it's comfortable i've added nothing to society i want other people to do the work for me to make it easy for me to like people invented television and the computer i'm looking at now i didn't do that it's convenient for me well, it's like it's like what we just talked about on, on the last track, which is that uh, as humans and more specifically Americans, we've given up on exceptionalism in favor of like entertainment. Like, yeah, yeah. Because like more, right now I'm I'm spending six hours today and one of the first nice weather days of this year talking to you guys about, you know, music and TV shows. I could have put this energy into something else productive, but I didn't. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah <clears throat> what did you guys fine. think of the metaphor that runs throughout this song which is that he's sort of living in a post-apocalyptic post-climate change world did you pick up on that uh i don't remember i'm sorry dan so like the line the tribe at the former airport some nights has meat and dancing if you don't mind gathering and hunting we're all still pretty good at eating on the run that whole section yeah, this is a world without a society anymore. And yet, rather than improve his life, well, it's kind of interesting. He's he's saying that he would like to invent something that makes things more convenient for himself. But yeah, I just think it's funny, like, um, especially that line at eating on the run. Like, that's a really dark joke because eating on the run used to mean like grabbing takeout while you're bringing the kids to soccer practice. But in this world, it means you're literally eating meat as you run from scavengers. If you, <laughs> I'm if you didn't pick up on that. that, my, my gout wouldn't let me and I would have gout because I'd be eating too much meat. Well, we would all die. <laughs> like none of us have the skills to survive in that world. Oh no, no. I would have, I would have been 12 tops, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, reread the lyrics if you didn't pick that up. There's a few references throughout the song to basically like a world where society has collapsed. It's funny. Hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't really pick that up, but uh, it, this song is kind of boring to me. Um, it, it just doesn't really like uh, hold my attention. Oh, but. this is my jam. It's yeah, simple, but I like, love the piano in it. 
speaking of boring, the next song, uh, forgettable because I don't remember it. I did write down armchair protester, which I think that the lyrics were clever and funny. But I other than that, I don't remember the song. Yeah, it's it's an interesting um it's a first person look at someone who's pretty much a douche. Like he's writing his yeah, will totally. and his final wishes um, about how important he is. But really all he is, is a basically like a blogger type, like a social critic. Uh, so, you know, commentator. And it's just like sort of self aggrandizing. I thought it was dark and funny. Yeah, it's fine. Apparently nobody liked it, but me, Jimmy, you there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, he didn't say anything for a while, and I didn't know if we got disconnected. Uh, hang out no, at it, uh, Hang out at the Gallows, which I I think is a popular song of his. After looking things up online, um, I like the strings in the song. It's super jazzy, like as far as the bass line and the piano parts. Like I love the little piano thing. I don't even know what to call it, but it's like out of a Western saloon kind of vibe. Um, yeah. You guys are you guys are music boys. You probably know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, we should say this is um, off his latest album. Oh, God's favorite customer. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I, I thought it was interesting. Like the it's this recurring theme throughout his music. What's your politics? What's your religion? Yep. Um, does it matter? Should it matter? Uh, I think so. I think that's th- those two things really do define a person because uh, for the most part, they're decisions. I mean, some things can be ingrained on you as a child, especially religion, but politics, I think, um, can be ingrained on you. But I think you're more open to change your politics as you experience the world. Well, um, I think whereas- one thing that he gets into here, which I, I kind of agree with, um, is like what you're saying, Jeff is politics and religion can define you, but they should probably just reflect your beliefs and morals. In other words, like, right. you, sh- you shouldn't start changing who you are because of who you vote for. You should vote for someone who reflects your ideals. Fire engines. Correct. Yeah, I was I was hoping that I want to pick up, but it's right by my window. <laughs> That's um, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, I liked it. It was... a. I musically I like the song lyrically it was deep and uh maybe not like a sing-along kind of song but you know I liked it he gets he gets up in those high notes on huh, Jim oh yeah it, it's it's kind of hard to uh sing along sometimes <laughs> um it, it's funny because while doing this playlist and stuff um I, I've it, it it wasn't like a uh, voluntary that like, I just haven't listened to father John Misty in a while, but it definitely has been a while. It probably since God's favorite customer came out, I think I listened to it like once and I was like, Oh, that's good. But like, I wasn't like super into it. But since we, we did this, I listened to it once and we were supposed to record last week. And, uh, for one reason or another, we had to uh, postpone it. And then, um, after that I was like, Oh, I'll give these some more listens. And I've been, freaking digging father john misty over the past uh week i've been like really listening to him like hard and like getting really into it like just voluntary just like listening to him um and uh, i've been really into this uh new album that came out so uh yeah i'm i'm happy that uh i i actually own this one on vinyl so let's talk about mr tillman which is one of my favorites from from his newest album yeah there's lots there are lots of ah ah ahs which i Mm -hmm. thought was fun to listen to um it's like 
it's an autobiography about nothing, like how he acts in a hotel, which like I'm not saying is a bad thing. It's just a just a story. I like storytelling and music. So this song, you're you're pretty pretty on there, Jeff. It's a autobiography, but it's uh he's not doing anything physically, but he's going through a lot because he wrote this song as he was suffering a mental breakdown while stuck in a hotel room for I think over a month. His friends and family couldn't get a hold of him and he wasn't checking out. Oh. So it's about the staff being concerned about him as he <laughs> sort of loses track of reality. And that's a real thing that he spent some time in, a, I think, a psych- psychiatric ward after this. But that's he. Uh, pretty, pretty intense. Yeah. He was having trouble coming to terms with some addiction issues he had, some depression, and just like being on the road continually. He got to this hotel room and he refused to leave. And yeah, it was a pretty dark time, but he again puts a darkly comedic twist on it. I think it's so funny because this song is so like, uh, I don't know it. After saying that uh, it's, it feels kind of bad saying it sort of makes light of it, Hmm. but like it kind of does. Maybe it was sort of like a therapeutic experience to sort of like look at the funny side of it. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I think um, uh, I don't. I don't have anything else to say about this one. It was. It was fine. It was good. I think that musically, it's cool how he just sort of the rhythm that he rattles through the uh, vocals on this are pretty cool. And there's some fun references to. Uh, I don't know, just like the way people treat celebrity, like uh, they're concerned about him and they want to keep him happy, but they also like are mistrustful of him and think that he's probably like up to some shady stuff and how they lump them together with like, Oh, Jason Isbell's here. And maybe you could ride with him. Cause you're both celebrities. And I don't know. It's just funny. Yeah. Uh, the next song, uh, disappointing diamonds are the rarest of them all. So the line, does everybody have to be the greatest story ever told? <laughs> Sorry, Jim, but that is, <laughs> That is the most true and depressing thing I might have ever heard, and I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> and it really, really made me sad while listening to this because um, it's just like it's so true and it's an honesty that no one is willing to admit. It's it, I mean, you said nihilist the song earlier. This is super nihilist. This is just <laughs> like we don't matter. I hmm. like in the grand scheme of anything like anything at all even like on the street i live i don't matter i don't make a difference at all (laughs) but like to me i i think that i have you know an interesting story but like i don't you don't dan does nobody does nobody (laughs) matters even even muhammad ali his story doesn't matter well it's also playing on the idea (laughs) it's also playing on the idea matters nothing matters dan it's I, the idea that everyone is the star of their own story, but that that story doesn't really matter much to anyone exactly. else. Exactly. Oh my God. It, it shouldn't affect me this way, but it did. <laughs> and it, it even gets a little darker when you think about it, because he's not really just speaking in the first person. He's also saying that like this love that he's built up so much that he has for his wife, although it's meaningful to them, it really doesn't matter. Right, that's what I mean. Like I I think I have my wife and I have an amazing story. But do we? Probably not. I don't know. I love you. I'm sorry if you could hear me. But 
<laughs> context. It's just nothing. You talked me into nihilism. <laughs> oh boy. Oh so, man, yeah. that was. I don't know. This is was... the type of stuff that um, I love lyrically when it crosses the line from like telling a story, which a lot of people can do well, to being poetic, which is a lot more difficult. Oh yeah. Huh. Let's not talk. I don't want to talk about this one anymore. <laughs> Let's talk about God's favorite customer. The last song on the playlist. Do it. Um, totally digging the organ intro. It was like a little like, you know, like one of those little things. Um, and the journey I went on this song, I'm just going to read my notes in order. Okay. Digging the organ intro. I don't know. WTF. This is about is the drug dealer. God. I like the female background vocals. Great outro. <laughs> what a journey yeah like at first i was like what what's going on and i was like oh i think i think i understand like uh, it was the drug dealer god and like he's going to get somebody's going to get her fix i don't know i know he's like into drugs and stuff help me out here guys i'm struggling <laughs> i think he's expressing i think you're right but i think to go a step further uh I think he's saying that like religion is the drug of the masses. So could the drug addict be worshiping at the foot of the drug dealer? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't yeah. That's like, the way I take it. I haven't read up on this one, to be honest with you. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a parable to say, uh, like how can we judge people who are addicted if we're not willing to drudge people who have absolute faith in a God that they don't see, I don't know. Mm. I, maybe I'm reading too much yeah. into it, but I think there's definitely moments in there uh, where this person feels like uh, they have no connection to God. And um, is that how like dry drunks feel like users who aren't currently using? Do they feel like they've lost their connection? I don't know. Jimmy, anything to add, or are you just gonna just <laughs> that's gonna about it? All right, hey, I got you. All right, let's move on to the videos. Um, yeah, Hollywood Cemetery Forever. We talked about the song, but the video is Hollywood uh, Forever Plaza. Cemetery. Yep, that's what I said. <laughs> Did I? What I say? You said Hollywood Cemetery Forever. I wrote it down wrong. What are you gonna do? Uh, which normally doesn't matter, but it is a proper noun. Like that's the actual name of the place, which is funny. Okay. Why would you ever name? Aubrey Plaza is all beaten up and bloody and looking hot. And uh, I don't know. The video, it was fine. But all I could think about is how Beavis and Butthead would have loved the red strobe part. Like I could just see it. I could just see it cutting to their faces with like complete shock. Like, what are they experiencing? And then just like loving it. Like, yeah, yeah. And then at That's the so at the true. end, Butthead just like, whoa. That's I all like I could think like, about. She's like crashing these funerals and she's so like whacked out of her head. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a music video. That was fine. Um, bored in the USA on Letterman. Uh, so the first thing I noticed was that his hair was as thin as mine. If I let it grow, like we have the same kind of hair. <laughs> if I just don't cut my hair, I look like uh, Josh Tillman. And then, um, oh, Jim, you're going to have to bleep this because I lost it when he turned from the piano and it kept playing i was <laughs> yeah, like oh my god really like good. i haven't heard this song before it sounds super serious and then he just turns away from it and then i realize it's a 
fucking comedy. This dude is playing everybody. He's sitting on the piano like he's a sexy lady, like playing of that trope. And then there's a laugh track, Jim and Dan. <laughs> yeah. There's a, I, I get it's the late show, but there was a laugh track. And like, even the, like the song itself is just biting commentary. Like this dude would have been a household name 30 years ago. He would have been like, everybody knows Sinead O'Connor burning the Pope on SNL. Like th this kind of performance. I mean, we're oversaturated with entertainment now, but like if this came out 25, 30 years ago, Oh my God, it would be a classic. This was the greatest thing so far that I've experienced on this episode. Yeah. This would it be like so good. This would be like Andy Kaufman doing mighty mouse on SNL. Yeah, it really is because like, you know, like I, I know that he has a dark sense of humor, but the auto playing piano, the self. Oh, my God. I, I, I cackled out loud while watching it. It was so good. It was so good. But he also sells it, too. He sells it as a yeah, real no, thing. Like, yeah, he wasn't like it wasn't a joke at all. It was a straight. Yeah, he's performance. a really good performer. Oh, yeah. my God. It was so funny. Very, very cool. And then we get to... Uh, well, plus it sounds awesome, too. Can I just say, with he brings a whole string section with him? Yeah, well, I didn't hear the song before, so I don't know, like, how it originally sounds. But like, the song was good. It was definitely uh, a Father John Misty song. Um, then we get to Total Entertainment Forever, the video. Jimmy's favorite song, starring Kevin McAllister himself. <laughs> and, like, I don't know. Like, we talked about the song, so I'm not going to focus on that. But the video, to me, was, like, it was... It was how music videos were at the pinnacle of MTV. And like yeah. I'll bring Beavis and Butthead back just because like <laughs> videos like this were highlighted. Like I I remember Henry Rollins band videos, not because of like they were on MTV, because they were on Beavis and Butthead. And it's just like this weird striking visuals that aren't really popular in videos now. Like videos over time, they got like faster cuts, quick cuts. You can't focus on anything. You can't see anything. And this was just like, a weird absurd thing to look at yeah i mean i love i love macaulay calkin as their version of kurt cobain and yep. uh they're in this sort of cartoony world that the guy is experiencing through like vr and uh yeah it's sort of like semi like pornographic he's being whipped but then he's also crucified at one point which speaks to uh With bill clinton playing sax yeah yeah that got me so i was literally lol'd when i saw that i love um how it just speaks to like celebrity culture and uh um there's like when he's being crucified sorry i'm just like watching it right now because i wanted to remember what the sign said there's these two women who are like berating him as he's being crucified and one of them's holding a sign set that says everyone is gay and then the other one is holding a sign that says please be more famous oh. <laughs> i just thought it was funny uh, and it's so good like yeah, the people crucifying kurt cobain are dressed as ronald mcdonald and i don't know it's yeah. it's so good I, I love how stylized it looks too like it looks like um like yellow submarine yeah and, everything's uh, made out of cardboard aesthetic. yeah it's really good there's like a little scroll at the bottom of the screen that's advertising like what's going to be on next it's like next on wiki tv naked street man and there's just a picture of a fat guy with no shirt on <laughs> the, this video you could watch over and over again and find stuff then we get into the total opposite of this a 13 minute long black and white video of a recording studio um which i heard i read about uh supposedly it was recorded in one take with the strings and everything um leaving la it was uh 
I was upset that I had to watch a 13 minute video. Uh, it was it was a good song. I don't really have much to say about it. Uh, it was it was enjoyable to watch. I probably won't watch it again if I'm talked into it. But uh, so the reason why I put good. this on here is um, I love this song, but and it's on um, pure comedy. But I, I thought maybe you might be a little bit more engaged to watch it rather than just listen to a 13-minute song. Yeah, totally. Like, I did watch the video. I w- it wasn't, like, on in the background. Whereas I thought if I just put it on there, you might have, like, skimmed it or whatever because it's sort of repetitive in nature, but it's a pretty scathing review of the music industry and Hollywood lifestyle. Yeah. Like, he was, he just wants to get out of L.A. and escape. I get it. Start a new life. Start some more fresh. Yeah. Yeah. I skipped the video. Sorry, Dan. Jimmy. Uh, it was it was a, a well shot video, but like I don't know. It's beautiful. Not much there for me. Uh last one last video well, not the last video. Uh the next video is Bird on the Wire. It's a Leonard Cohen cover on some internet show. Uh all I wrote down was that Leonard Cohen is ins- has inspired Touche Amore's next album. So it's gonna be interesting to hear. Um, didn't really care for the song. Or the video. Oh, really? The the guy was just like sitting there next to him, like, yeah, this is whatever. It's fine. I put this on here to pander to you, Jeff, because this song was famously <laughs> covered by Johnny Cash. I thought you would have known that. Like, I thought oh, I didn't you might have recognized the song. No, I didn't even. Oh, I just, it I was, was on like, a song I've never heard. It was on Unearth, which is like the first of the American. Oh, recordings. Yeah. no, I know what it is. I don't. I just don't remember it. Oh, I thought like, oh, Jeff might think this is a Johnny Cash song, but he'll like it. Sorry. Uh, and then, and then Dan had us watch a video, not on the playlist. If you have Hulu Saturday night live season 42, episode 15, Octavia Spencer is the host. Uh, the second performance at 55 minutes is what we watched. I believe that was pure. What was that song? Yep. Pure comedy. Yeah, Pure comedy. Uh, I saw this like three or four years ago when it came out. That's the only exposure I had to father John Misty. And I didn't write anything for this. It was, it was fine. It was oh, a performance. This is what got me into Father John Misty. I I remember this performance, and uh, I went out and bought the album like right after. And uh, there's something very captivating about him in this. Like I, you just sort of get sucked into watching him, his weird movements. And the, what I realized, it reminds me a lot of. And after I say this, you guys might hate it or like it more is the weird Joker dance that Joaquin Phoenix does throughout the movie Joker. Oh, I didn't see it. Yeah, I've noticed that. He does this thing with his, like, arms, these, like, weird, gyrating, erratic dance moves that you just sort of get sucked into watching. Apparently, it's just me. Yeah, it's just you. Uh I don't. I thought it was just kind of boring to watch. There was nothing really there for me. And, like, the the song's fine. Um. Uh, yeah, that's it. All right. Do you have any overall? <laughs> it's over. Uh, <laughs> overall thoughts. I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, knowing that John Misty was from Fleet Foxes, even though we talked about him briefly three weeks ago. Um. So, you know, some stuff I I didn't like as much as you probably would have hoped I would. Some stuff really hit me like that. Oh, stupid diamond song. It's making me rethink my entire life. This is supposed to be a stupid show that makes us feel good once every few weeks. Um, yeah, I don't, it was, it was a, 
there was a range that I wasn't expecting going into it, um, which really influenced what my answer will be. Oh, All right. Okay. Jimmy, let's go every let's yeah. go every other word. That's going to be great oh, doing be- it over over <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. the internet. Let's see how well it works. You ready? <laughs> yep. Jeff did we talk you into father John Misty question mark <laughs> yes um Woo! yeah, yeah i was i was a no for two and a half weeks um, oh boy wow even so usually when we do music i'll listen to everything just put it on listen to it not diving deep just kind of taking it in and i did not like it like even the first like four songs i was like oh my god oh my god oh my god they're gonna <laughs> hate me like i want i want to like everything i'm given on this show um and like even like dri- driving home i skip through every song like okay i'm oh. this, bored of this bored of this and then when i started taking notes like the first few songs like i literally wrote down uh-oh in the first song um i was like oh man this is like more beatles stuff i wasn't digging I wasn't really into it. And then the Spotify session song came and it like loosened me up and I was like, Oh, all right. Yeah. And, um, as I was, you know, listening to take notes. So I want to, cause it's been three weeks since we've recorded the first segment. Um, yeah, a lot of the lyrics I was really digging. There's some really proper bops on there. And like, I slowly was like, okay, yeah, like I, I like this. I'm going to listen to some of it again. And then, uh, just the final nail, even though I was already a yes, uh, the final nail in the coffin was that Letterman video. I was like, this is, this is beautiful. This is so good. Um, yeah, but it's not like, I don't really like the first album. You know, if anything, when I listen to Father John Misty, I'll listen to all the stuff, find out the songs I like and make one big playlist and hit shuffle. Yeah. yeah the fire truck agrees. He's totally <laughs> with me. Uh, yeah, no, it was, it was yes worthy. There's, I liked it way more than fleet foxes, which got a yes. Um, Definitely liked it more than Beatles, which got a no from me. Uh, yeah, that was it was fine. I'm glad, I'm glad you it. liked it, and I think, um, yeah, I would encourage you to listen to the two most recent albums. Uh, I think they're right. the strongest lyrically, and uh, I think they have a lot more of that like acerbic, dark sense of humor that, that very seemed to like. Cool. All right, Jeff, what Jimmy, are we going to be doing next time, Dan? Yes. We got a big one. This is something that Dan and I have uh, been a fan of for a very large portion of my life. Oh, and we, we might have a, a couple people hopping on to help us out, uh, try to talk you into this, Jimmy. We are going to talk you into Howard Stern. Oh, boy. We have been waiting a, on this one a very a long time. The reason, reason being is that next next episode will be our 69th episode and yes we are immature 69 (laughs) we're not above it and we we purposely this was going to come out on june 2nd we record in advance um and i had noticed that if we wait seven days it will be on june 9th it will be on (laughs) 6 9 so episode 69 is coming out on 6 9 uh we we push the schedule around a little bit to make this work so we're we're pretty excited that we got a got a couple people coming on uh, to help us out. Episode sixty nine on six nine. 
Howard Stern. This is going to be a big episode, Jim. You know, we do a lot of episodes of things, you know, like Father John Misty. We kind of like it. We want Jeff to like it. TV shows. Oh, it's good. Check it out. It's good. But there's a few episodes in here that are hallmarks, things that are really important to us. (laughs) You know, we've done Bruce Springsteen. We've done, you know, the Boston Celtics for me was a big one. Bojack Horseman, Doctor Who. Yeah, these are big ones. So, so this one's going to be a big one. We got, you're going to, we're going to tell you at the beginning of the next episode, but you you got a lot of stuff to check out for this one. Yeah. We had, we had difficulty figuring out how we were going to do this in our form. Yeah. How do you summarize, how do you summarize a, like a 50 year career in the radio and all manners of multimedia? We, we think we did it. Okay. Dan did most of it, but I agreed with everything that he decided. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so looking forward to that. Uh, In the meantime, you can find us on TalkMeInto.com. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Listen to us on Spotify. If you want to leave a review uh, and you can't, you can email us, TalkMeInto at gmail.com. Patreon.com slash TalkMeInto. We're on YouTube. We're on social media, Twitter at TalkMeInto. If you just type TalkMeInto into Google, I don't know what comes up, but you could probably find us. Dan, where can people find you on the internet? Um, my internet presence is a lot shorter than the podcast. Uh, you could find me on Twitter under the name Danny Score under. Wait, Danny, Danny underscore. Score. Yeah, Danny Score. <laughs> you could find me on Twitter under the name Danny underscore Breakdown. Jimmy, how about you? They can find me uh, Jimmy Score. Uh, no, just kidding. Uh, at Son of a Fitch. S-O-N-N-A-V-A-F-I-T-C-H on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, yeah, Jeff, where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter at J-E-F-F-F-F-F-27. That's Jeff with five Fs, the number 27. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? Proper modulation. There is a little green dot. Uh, yeah, and as Dan said, 69! <laughs> Do you want to stop or you want to keep rolling? Same track or keep going? Uh, let's keep going. I love how Jeff gave you the same option twice. Same track or keep going. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's what it was said. a lose-lose and situation. And I didn't realize it until you brought it up. Hmm. okay hey jimmy do you want to keep the same track or keep going (laughs) oh i probably should pull up some information about father john misty because i didn't uh i like this guy because he makes songs uh that's pretty much how i feel about him to be honest there's there's musical (laughs) happenings he do clap a whole lot yeah we do clap yeah many times ass cheeks be clapping Dude, I haven't opened this book in 12 years and all the pages are yellow inside. What the hell? I thought you were going to say all the pages <laughs> fell out. <laughs> How is he, that would be I, awesome. Like, it doesn't see light that much. Nice little book, though. Yo, before we move on, I'm sorry, but I'm about to piss my pants. I'll be right back. You don't have to stop. Wow, How does... <sighs> I just have to pee. My ass is killing me. It's like <laughs> a gorgeous day out. I'm just I'm looking at people enjoying outside from inside. I'm just sucking the the Oculus Rift, baby. (laughs) (laughs) My Uh, curtains are closed, so I can't see the nice day out. I know. I open them because I like natural light better than light bulbs. Yeah. Oh, I'm a hungry boy. 
Yeah. And we have like two more hours to go. Well, this is the long one. The first halves usually go pretty quick, so I'm not yeah. worried about that. Um, just want to finish this one. Uh, I got to go to the store. I just want to walk. I just want to go outside and feel warmth. I know. I'm excited to actually go out. I mean, it'll be a mad dash in the store, but I'll enjoy the five seconds I'll have outside. I got to make a grocery list, too. I'm putting that toilet sound if that was captured. <laughs> yes! <laughs> That's going to be somewhere. 